Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Adriana Monique Alvarez. She is the CEO and founder of AMA Publishing and a best-selling author. How are you doing today, Adriana? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey here with us in the Empowerography community. I appreciate you. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. So as mentioned, you're the CEO and founder of AMA Publishing. You're a best-selling author, a mentor, and of course, last but certainly not least, a mother and a wife. When did you found and start AMA Publishing? The publishing aspect of our business was started two years ago, and this was after 10 years of hearing clients say that they wanted to write books, and then it never happened. <laughs> so you were kind of giving them the kick in the ass to not put it <laughs> off and quit talking about it and start doing. Yeah, I really don't like talking about things that we never do. <laughs> I'm like, let's do this already. What's going on? <laughs> and what have you found is the major detractor or reason for not doing it? Why Why are people doing that, do you find, in your journey? I would say it's two part. Number one, the biggest problem is always ourselves. It's the person in the mirror. It's mm -hmm. a willingness to make excuses, to say we're not good enough, we're not ready, nobody wants to hear it, it's already been done. All of that is the biggest challenge and roadblock. And then I would say there are... It doesn't help that publishing can be a long journey. It can be complex. It can be overwhelming. It can have a lot of moving parts. And so most of my clients, they're running a business, they're raising kids, they're wiping butts, they're making dinner. And so they just said, you know what? Maybe I won't do that. I'll start next month or I'll do it next year. Yeah. Next year is much better. That'll, that's when it will work. <laughs> can you tell us a bit about AMA Publishing? So basically... What I set out to do was to demystify publishing. I don't like to do things that just seem and sound sexy on the outside, but don't really do anything. And I'll give you an example. Many people get caught up in their books being on every platform, in every bookstore, on every distribution channel. But at the end of the day, does that really matter? Usually not. Unless somebody has a team, a plan, an ad budget for every single one of those, it's probably not going to matter. Right. So... I just like to look at the things that actually matter. How do we get your story out to the most people? What services, products, or experiences do you also offer in addition to your book? Because that's where the money's going to be made. Money is not made on books. It's made on the rest of it. How do we link these together? How do we get the word out? How do we build a community? Those are the things that matter. And so we just take away all of the things that are really just a distraction okay. and focus on what matters here. So what was the inspiration then behind starting AMA Publishing? 
There's a few things. Traditional publishers, they have a place, but for most of my clients, it's not going to be the route that they take. They're not going to take three years to pitch, to get a literary agent, to go through all of that process. Most of my clients don't want their story changed. They don't want their voice changed. And that's what a traditional publisher is going to do. You've got to be open to their edits, their changes. And so when I knew that that was their path and that was most likely what they were going to face, I decided to create a shorter timeline. How do we take a client? How do we get the story out of them or take what's already sitting on their desktop? And how do we get it out in three months, six months instead of three years? And so that's really what inspired us. It's it's really like, let's get the story out already. Let's get a move on, you know, because... Most people, they don't have a story within them and they weren't led to write a book for five years down the road. There's a sense of urgency with it. Okay. And honestly, too, most women are going to get rejected from traditional publishers. Men are eight times more likely to hear yes. Holy shit, really? It's true. There have been people who've changed their name, got rejected as a woman and got accepted as a man. Right. What? Publishing is very male dominated. I didn't know this. It was illegal for women to own publishing houses for many, many years. Even if her husband owned it and he passed away, she could not take control of it. It actually went on to her oldest son. That is absolutely insane. You know, it's funny. I was talking, I just released a podcast episode yesterday and it was with an artist and she was talking about how for the longest time when she started creating her art and selling it, she would sign her art with just her initials because she was a woman. And and this, of course, goes back in time as well with artists, uh, female artists, where they wouldn't admit being a man. They would dress as men even in certain instances where they were doing show. It's This is absolutely ridiculous. But even now to feel that, I don't want to use the word fear, but to feel that pressure that you cannot be yourself and admit you're a woman as a talented art is fucking mind blowing to me. It is. It's wild that this still exists. Like I was blown away when I was talking with her. And then when I went back and listened again yesterday to the episode or the day before when I was editing and getting it ready to publish, I'm like, Holy shit. Like this is insane. It's it's my, and then you bring this up with authors and it's just absolutely insane. And I've had a, I had a um, plastic surgeon on as well a little while back. And she was saying the same thing back in the day, women had to dress as men to pursue their interests, what they wanted to do. Women were not allowed to be plastic surgeons. It's just (laughs) mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. And then you saying this about owning publishing houses and, and that's a hell of a lot more recent than the surgeon's. So that it's crazy. Absolutely nuts. So why did you decide to focus your energy and business on helping to empower women through publishing books and writing? Mm, I would say there's two parts to this. Okay. Honestly, I didn't choose women. Women chose me. So when we first started our business, most of our clientele, it was very rare we had a female client because when we first started, we were offering SEO websites social media marketing, all of the things, right? And our clientele was mainly baby boomers that just didn't feel comfortable with the internet, but they knew it was where it was headed. And so all of our clientele were men. I would say in those first 10 years, first seven years around there, we might've had two or three women. So men really were going after that leading edge, be the first on it. Once I had two babies in 12 months, the men disappeared like overnight. 
<laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. You. Really? I mean, no one wanted to work with us. I was the face of the business. My yeah. husband was behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And it was this, oh, you've had babies. You don't have time for this. You can't be focused. You, you're not professional. You're not good enough, whatever it was. However, it was a blessing because in that space, between seasons, there's this void. Right. And the void can be the place of mystery and magic. And it can also be terrifying because it feels like death. Nothing is happening. And right. there was that gap. And I distinctly remember feeling, well, I know I wanted to be a mother more than anything. And so if this is what, how it unfolds, this is how it unfolds. Let's see what happens. And women just stepped forward. Women kept telling me, you know, we need to see examples of women raising babies, coming onto Zoom calls, holding babies, mm -hmm. leading as a mother. You know what? I can bounce. I can do Legos. I could... And guess yep. what? I'm still serving. I'm still conducting business. And what does it look like to say, you know, it's important for me to have a happy, healthy marriage and to be a very present, happy mother mm -hmm. and to follow my purpose, to do what run I run a business. Yeah. Run I mean, women have been told for so long, no, you cannot have it all. You cannot have the family, the house, the business, the, the career, da, 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 da. Fucking right. You can, of course you can. <laughs> It's true. That's what I, and that's what I decided to model. And it literally just became like, okay, you know what? We're walking it up together. And it was interesting because I had had these clients giving me feedback on their books and their stories. And it was just a thing I couldn't look away from. I couldn't not ask. I couldn't not take it a step further. And what I figured out in that process is because it's very much connected to who I am. Okay. I'm a storyteller. I'm an oracle. I'm a channel. This is part of the gifts that I have. And so I realized, oh, yes, it makes sense. It was just that deepening and that unfolding of my purpose and my clients drawing it out of me, really. Mm, amazing. Now, you said that your mission is to tell as many stories as possible by helping 10,000 women start their own publishing house by the time you turn 50. Why is this mission so personally important to you? This is personally important to me because I see most women who are silent or suppressed to some extent. There is something within them that they know to be true. There's ancient wisdom. There's modern knowledge. There's all of these things are within them and often they don't let it out. I find that women need more than a publishing house to say yes to them. They actually need someone to champion them and say, your voice truly matters. If you don't pass this on, we are less as a society for it. And I've recently moved into my grandparents' home. My grandma passed away a couple years ago and my grandfather before her. And the other day I found, my dad actually found this little notebook and a couple of journals finding these little notes throughout the house my grandma just journaled and made little notes this one is about me and her and a trip we took together wow and i will tell you i read through this all the time and i have it in my top drawer and what i'm here to do is say listen ladies your children your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren are going to hang on to every word you write leave them that gift that is powerful Incredibly powerful. So how far along in your mission are you now? Where are you currently sitting with the goal of helping 10,000 women? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So last year, the first eight women who said yes, they served as this trial run. And so okay. I'm 
went through with each of them individually and went through my process and helped them launch their first books. So I said, okay, this worked. And so then we expanded it out. And this mm -hmm. year we've helped about 50. And now what we're doing is, is it's fully in a library, a certification program. Now there is a complete team behind it. There is ads on four different platforms they're getting ready to roll out. And so now that it is all rock solid, now we are turning it up and basically <laughs> pedal to the Kicking metal. Kicking it into gear. Yeah. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> So speaking of helping women and empowering women, I want to get your thoughts on something. I personally have come from a corporate background and I've seen even now still the mindset and the behavior of that old boys club mentality. And when it comes to equal pay for women doing the same job as their male counterparts, not being compensated properly and, and not enough women in C-suite level positions in these huge corporations. And I mean... This behavior and this attitude, as we spoke earlier, this is from the 40s and the 30s and the 20s, and it still exists in the year 2021, which I think is absolutely disgusting, and it, it needs to go. There's no need for it anymore. We need to, as men, stand beside our women and show them that we're allies and help elevate them and raise them up instead of keeping them down like men have done for so many years. I think that we are starting to see a shift now in mindset with a lot more women. What are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses? I would say it's definitely changing. And this is, you said something that is so key, is when men and women come together, it's really powerful. Many times throughout my journey, people have asked me, oh, you know, are you anti-men and this, that, and the other? No, the complete opposite. My husband and I have worked together every single day for 12 years, and it is actually my desire to model that as well. He, from the beginning, said, you do the things that you're best at, the things you enjoy most, and I will do the same. And he has never meddled in what I do. He never criticizes it, puts it down over, you know, mm -hmm. takes it over. And this is really what's key. And so what I would say is, the way we move forward is number one, this is something that I'm speaking about a lot, is as a woman, put yourself in the places and the experiences and the relationships that truly honor and celebrate you as you are. Okay. And then look for the others that you can collaborate with because I'm, I'm a real big believer of collaboration because we can go so much further that way. Absolutely. I mean, collaboration is key. Community, you cannot lose with community. When, when we all pull together, men and women, there is no losing. None. You can't. No. And there is more than enough work, money, all of that out there for everybody. Absolutely everybody. And this is, this is a problem up here in the mindset that creates that whole competition mindset. And then that's where the whole things starts to fall apart where we're competing with each other and pulling one another down instead of supporting and lifting each other up. And that's how we create the community is through that partnership and working together and helping lift each other up. Absolutely. And you're right. When we are aware, really connected to the idea of abundance, of infinite resources and possibilities, then we can move from that place. As soon as we get a little bit fearful of lack and not enough, we shut down. Yep. Every part of our system shuts down and we hang on and it doesn't feel good. And, and this is actually what I think we're moving through right now. I think we're beginning to see, you know what? There is more than enough. And it is about us coming together because at the end of the day, that is actually the 
the bigger takeaway and the bigger blessing is coming together. 100%. I agree with you totally. So a two-part question here. Are you seeing a shift personally in your business and, and your world that you travel in, your circles that you run in, of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship? And if so, why do you think that is? Why do you think this change is happening? Mm, yeah, you know, my whole world is entrepreneurship and I never spend a day in corporate. I do have some clients that are coming from corporate and they're jumping out because they finally are willing to bet on themselves. And I feel like when the earth started shaking a couple years ago, more and more women started saying, you know what, let's go for it. You know, there's already an increased awareness. Mm -hmm. I won't say there's an increased uncertainty. Life has always been uncertain, but there's mm -hmm. an awareness that, hey, you know what? Maybe this won't always be the way I thought it was going to be. Maybe, maybe it's time for me just to go out on my own. And that's what it always comes down to. Entrepreneurship is for the brave. If you're not brave and you can't bet on yourself, it's not for you. And it's not for everyone. I mean, no. let's be honest. The world needs ditch diggers. Right. It's not for everybody. It's not for the faint of heart, for sure. No. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a lot. It's like having two or three full-time jobs. I mean, it's a lot of work, but the reward is so incredible. It truly is. Absolutely. I could not see myself ever going back to working for someone else for corporate. No fucking way. I just can't. Mm -mm. It's, it's and, an amazing journey. And that's just it. It's it, if you know, you know what? I just could never do that again. Then you just, you got to keep following your own path. You got to blaze mm -hmm. your own trail. That's it. That's it right there. You being an entrepreneur yourself, what are your thoughts on this shift in mindset and how do women continue to push through and break down these crazy barriers and ways of thinking because it is starting to happen. But how do, how do you think in your opinion, women continue to push through and keep going? You know, there's a couple of two obvious paths we can take. There's mm -hmm. obviously way more than that, but there's two that show up immediately is you can try to go down the path that's already been laid. Okay. That, mm -hmm. that paved road, that interstate, you can go there and you can do your best to make adjustments, to transform it, to evolve it. Or you can say to hell with it. Let's just build a whole new structure. Let's build a whole new path. Let's build something that might not look anything like what we've had in the past, but it works for us and it looks good and it feels good. So one of the things that I often do is I encourage my clients, you can keep recreating what's been done. You can look around and do it again, or you can get quiet. You can go in nature. You can get silent and you can ask what's yours to do uh -huh. and not need to have all this outer validation, but you're so crystal clear in yourself. Uh -huh. And then you can probably create something that is actually going to move us forward. Love it. What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? It's what I was born to do. For me, I love what Simon Sinek says when he said, keep the end in mind. And so I always keep the end in mind. When I'm at the end of my life and my children are grown and my grandchildren are around me, what do I want them to say of me? We often sit at our dining table and we talk about my grandpa and my grandma and I ask myself, I, when we're there, I say, what will they be saying about me uh -huh. 50, uh -huh. 75 years down the road? So what holds me steady is the legacy I'm leaving for my family. When I think of the generations that come behind me, because they do get to stand on my shoulders. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. That's what I'm building. Love it. So as mentioned, you are a best-selling author of the book, How to Start a Six-Figure Publishing Company. Can you tell us a bit more about the book, what the inspiration was behind writing the book? Mm. So it was another one of those things I didn't have plans of doing. <laughs> I got the idea <laughs> at like 3 a.m. <laughs> this is when I get all my ideas at 3 a.m. And I realized, you know, this is another tool to show the simplicity of women breaking into publishing. It's a small book. It's a simple book on purpose. If I would have created a, a book that's, you know, two inches thick, there you go. Oh, that just once again sends the message. This is hard. This is complex. And I wanted to show what does it look like to just put together your first book? How can that come together? How can you make your first $50,000 in publishing? How can you make your first 100000 And then I shared stories of women who've already done it and let them say in their own words why they did it, how they did it, what it means to them, what it feels like. Because this is, once again, showing examples. If she can do it, you can do it. Right, but lead by example. That's it right there. Now, you're also the author of your second and most recent book called The Younger Self Letters. Can you share a bit about that book with us? Mm. So The Younger Self Letters was inspired because one of the things I want to do is not just keep entrepreneurs in this mask and role and all of the the outward facing, oh, this is what success looks like. This is what I know. This is what I've done. This is what I can do for you. I actually wanted to pull back the curtain and say, and who are you? What did it look like on your way here? And so I asked each of the contributors to select a moment in their life and speak to that person, the person they were at that stage, and just see what happens, see what comes out of it. And it was really incredible because they were willing to put down the sort of the typical entrepreneur elevator pitch, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and allow people to see their heart. Yeah, love it. You know, you're also a mentor to female high-level coaches, consultants, service providers. How did you get into the mentoring world and how long have you been mentoring for? You know, it's one of those things that just, it was a natural progression. I would say, you know, we would provide a service and then someone would ask me, oh, could you teach me more about X, Y, or Z? Or could I have a few sessions with you about this? And what I realized over time is that it's like we talked about before, we actually don't have enough examples of women who value their health, their marriage, their relationships with their children, their spiritual walk, and know how to be successful, know how to run a business, know how to be profitable. And so what I found is that that combination was something that people desired. And there was a time too, where we traveled full time with our kids for five years. And so when you add that in the mix, there was also people who would ask, you know, how are you doing that? What does that look like? How do you make that happen? Mm -hmm. Adriana, what inspires or lights you up the most about the work you do? Mm. When someone is able to come into the place of being fully self-expressed, it is this magical moment because you realize not only did they access more of themselves, they allowed others to get in on it. And that's my favorite part. When someone goes from maybe holding back or feeling afraid or considering the opinions of others and just deciding, you know what, this is my truth. This is my thing to share. And seeing the way their face lights up and watching how people respond to them, that's my favorite thing because that is someone who's truly free. That is someone who has allowed themselves 
to be, this is why I tell my clients, be as you as you can be. Yeah, it's truly an incredible feeling when you know that you're living in your purpose, first of all, but when your purpose or your mission impacts other human beings and gives back, I always say it's like winning the lottery twice. There is no better feeling in the world. First of all, finding your mission, your purpose in life, that is because you think of the millions upon millions of people who never do out of fear or self-limiting, but whatever the case may be, but to find that and then that purpose you affect and impact other human. It is unbelievable. It truly is. There is no better feeling in the world. None. No. It's so phenomenal. Adriana, what does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment really is about what, when someone acknowledges and recognizes themselves, I tell my clients all the time, I don't need to empower you. You are actually the one to empower yourself. I will show you over and over and over what's possible. But empowerment truly is when you realize, oh my gosh, I'm in the driver's seat of this thing. I'm the star of my own show. Holy (laughs) shit. It's actually all me, right? My word is my wand. Like I'm I'm calling the shots. That's empowerment. When you Hmm. realize you can create absolutely everything you desire. Love it. So I'm curious, you being the mother of two boys, how do you empower your boys and teach them about empowerment? Mm. Oh, this is such a big one. Number one, by listening to them. Mm-hmm. So they have homeschooled from day one. They've always been with us. We've done life all together. And over the summer, they got the idea that they wanted to go to school. And so I had the conversations. I did the things, made it happen, got them into a very good school right down the road. And about two weeks in, my son sat down on the table and he looked me in the eyes and he said, Mom, memorizing is not learning. I don't want to do this anymore. I love it. And I said, oh my goodness, this seven-year-old is smarter than almost everyone I know. Awakened. (laughs) Awakened. (laughs) And I said, what do you mean, baby? And he goes, I don't want to sit in one spot, memorize something, and take a test. I love it. And I said, I don't want you to either. And so I had the conversations, (laughs) did the things, and they're out of school. (laughs) I love that, though, because... Our education system is so broken. So it's it's beyond broken. I don't even know. I I almost want to go as far to say as it's irreparable because oh yeah. They're not they're not teaching kids things that they can use in life. As your seven year old son said, I don't want to sit and memorize shit. And no, he didn't swear, but (laughs) I don't want to sit and memorize things and then get tested on what I memorized. That's not learning. It really isn't. And that's one thing. It was, they had such an extreme contrast Mm -hmm. and their whole day was spent doing that. I mean, they were there for what, seven, eight hours. Yeah. Yep. And they have told me, you know, in these couple weeks that we've been back home, oh, you know, we, we miss playing with the animals or helping with this around or cooking lunch with you and, you know, and this is life. And I listen to my boys and I encourage them to be themselves. Mm -hmm. It is so tempting as a parent to go, you know what, this would be a good path for this child or, oh, I would love for them to do this. And they could really make me look good if they went like that. And that's not what it's about. Yeah. So I'm curious, and I've, I've thought about this myself too. We'll use your boys as an example. One of them comes to you and says, mom, I want to go to college, university, whatever it is to be a doctor. They've been outside of that structure and that existence for so long 
and then to jump back into that, like, how, how would you deal with that? Like, how are they going to deal with that? You know what I mean? After being outside of this, the confines of the education system, and then to have to come back in after what, 18 years mm-hmm. or 14 years, whatever it is, and get back into it to study, to be a doctor, because I mean, there's no options here. You want to be a doctor, you have to go to college or university. So Absolutely. how, how do we deal with that as parents? And how do you think the kids deal with that? Mm. So it's interesting because my kids actually don't know uh, that college exists. They don't know right. this concept. I've, okay. I've never talked to them about it, right? Okay. And part of it is because I don't, number one, I don't feel like it'll exist okay. <laughs> by the time they're there. But it's interesting because it's like you said, there's two things that could happen. They, mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to discover it at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it exists or not. Yeah. So if they want to take that road, just like they decided they wanted to go to school, they'll probably have another experience where they go, Oh, this is different than I thought. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to squeeze myself into the structure for the end goal or I'm not. Yeah. That's basically what's going to happen. But it's also interesting because in a similar thing, my son will say something like, I don't know why people go to the doctor because if they eat healthy food and they go outside in the sun and they walk by the river, they won't need a doctor. You know, <laughs> and these things come out of his mouth. Yeah. And, and this so, is your seven-year-old? This is my seven-year-old, <laughs> right? And then it, we'll be at the grocery store, and, and it's always on loud volume and fully enunciated. He says, this is not food, Mom. This is colors. This is sugars. This is chemicals. Why do they sell this to people and say it's food, you know? So this kid's got it figured out. He I mean, <laughs> he's already, you know, well, Mom, is there a flower or is there a, you know, like, one time he said, I think I'll just feel better if I just take a nap and if I just rest, you know? <laughs> I love it. But this is also a great testament to what you and your husband are doing to raise your children and teach them and school them on on life and, and just, you know, the basic principles of life. So it's a huge testament to you and your husband as well. Thank you. Sure. And this this is really what I I come to them over and over with. And this is what I bring to myself over and over is... There is really no authority outside of yourself. And the minute you start giving that authority away, oh, this person knows better than I do. This person knows better than my body knows. This person knows better. Then what we do is we give somebody else the power. Right. We give that power away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unbelievable. (laughs) This this could go in a whole other direction and be a completely (laughs) different podcast episode. Maybe we'll have to do that at a later date. (laughs) There you go. Adriana, to date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? My greatest win has been four years ago, I had a full-term stillbirth. And I had, when I decided to become a mother and I was pregnant, I promised my boys that I would be a happy mother. Uh I didn't promise them anything else other than I would really enjoy this time I have with them. And so when I had a stillbirth and I was processing and dealing with all the things that naturally come with that my biggest win my my biggest accomplishment was learning how to honor and grieve my daughter and be happy and present with my boys to really celebrate life more than ever Mm -hmm. that has been my greatest win amazing what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful Trusting myself. It's a big one. We, as you say, we all so often give away our power, give away all of within us 
because we don't believe in ourselves and don't trust ourselves. And that's what it is. That's really the reason behind it is that we don't believe in ourselves and trust ourselves. A hundred percent. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Mm, so funny you should ask. I just did a talk <laughs> on this. <laughs> like I still have my index cards right here. There we go. So I recently was asked to speak on this and I called it radical wealth, but you could also call it radical success. So for me, success looks like having meals with my family, having a marriage that is so fun and so connected and joyful and really knowing and seeing my children. Success is having fruit trees in our yard, growing herbs and superfoods in my kitchen, <laughs> playing outside, being healthy and optimal, optimal health, and going to bed with absolute peace in my heart. That is radical success for me. Awesome. I love that. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Oh, I would say to thine own self be true. Okay. It is easy to feel like it's important to please other people and to measure up to other people's standards. But at the end of the day, when you know yourself and you are 100% accepting of yourself exactly the way you are, it is a beautiful place to live from. That goes back to that whole mindset shift, competition mindset, all of that plays a big part in that, right? I mean, I I've been stuck there. I was stuck in the competition mindset when I made the jump to entrepreneurship for the first year and a half. It took me to get out of that prison in my mind that I created for myself. And once you get out of that, once you free yourself from that prison, you are limitless, completely limitless. The only competition that I have now is me. As long as I can look back and see that I'm improving and continually improving, that's all that matters to me. Fuck everyone else. I mean, as a yes. photographer, yes, I, I like I look at other photographers work for inspiration and whatnot, but I don't compete with them anymore. It's I don't care what you're doing. That's great. That's what works for you. And you're doing that. Awesome. Congratulations. But me. No, I'm focused on me. And again, it goes to that speak about there's enough work for everybody and all of that stuff, too. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's phenomenal how your world shifts when that happens. It's true. Running your own race. It's all that's really all that matters. Yeah, for sure. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? What was your life like after you learned it? Oh, I was raised to be a high level PhD caliber people pleaser. I knew how to do backbends for others. I knew how to accommodate. <laughs> I, I knew how to earn those gold stars for sure. <laughs> and I did a really good job of that for 18 years. And then the straight A student overachiever who everyone expected to marry the neighbor and go to college and be super successful said no to all of it. And so <laughs> when I moved overseas and I became mm -hmm. a volunteer in orphanages and countries people could not locate on a map... <laughs> That's when the real work of me saying, who am I outside of their perception, their perspective, their views, their input, and what do I really want to do with my life? What are my gifts? What are my talents? What are my abilities? What are, what's my purpose? So whew, really letting go of the people pleaser and becoming someone who pleases herself, that was a big one. And I could not handle 
the criticism and the judgment, the possible, not even the potential misunderstanding of others. Mm-hmm. And now it is the full swing opposite being so visible online being so out there, it's going to happen. There's going to be people who disagree with you and they're really vocal about it. And recently I realized I I really, I've grown there. I've turned the corner. And one of the things that helped me a lot was no one can actually hurt you. No one can actually be disappointed in you. No one can actually hurt your feelings. Truthfully, when you're completely at peace with yourself, you're the only person that can hurt your own feelings. You're the only person who's in judgment of yourself. You're the only person who rejects yourself. And when that really clicks, it goes beyond an intellectual concept to, oh my God, I get it in every cell of my being. You're a different person. You're living from a different space. That's a hard shift. It takes a lot of work, a lot of self-work and I think that's a big part of the problem. Why it doesn't happen for a lot of people is they don't want to look inside. They don't want to do the self-work and admit that, oh, wait a minute, I'm the problem here. I'm No one else can make you feel small except you. You allow them to do that. So that's you doing that to yourself. And that is a huge, huge thing to admit that and take a look in the mirror and look deep within yourself and say, oh, wait a minute, I'm the only one that can do this. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> who that big giant mirror. Yes, <laughs> mirror work. <laughs> Adriana, what do you feel most grateful for in your life? Uh, I feel most grateful for the people that I wake up to every morning. And my husband, he adores me exactly the way I am. My kids, they are happy. They are healthy. They know who they are. They're independent. They are in blissful moments more than not. I couldn't ask for anything more. Beautiful. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? Mm, I like to say Nina. Nina was a giant turning point in my life, my daughter. Mm -hmm. Nina, she's always around me. She speaks through me a lot. I'm actually writing a book about her and I'm creating an oracle card deck around the things that she's taught me. But one of the biggest turning points was Nina really showed up at a time when um, everything was going very good, exceptionally well. And it was like Nina said, don't, don't forget what, Hmm. it's not just the outward stuff. It's not just the tears and the accolades. It's not just that. Mm -hmm. Great. Celebrate it. Enjoy it. Wonderful. But don't get caught up in it. (laughs) Amazing. What's your personal motto? Mm. (laughs) I actually have it right here. (laughs) I just so happen to have it right here. Magic is believing in yourself. Very, very true. Amazing. I love that. So true. Think of how amazing the world would be if everybody believed in themselves, what people could accomplish. But again, that that talks, I think that's a whole other podcast because there's so many societal things and conditioning that, that prevent that for so many people. So that's a whole other episode. <laughs> I think you and I have got to come back and do about two, three, maybe four other episodes. (laughs) Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions would just be one, two, three word answer type things. All right. How would you describe yourself in one word? Lucy. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my, just one? <laughs> no, you get a few words, a few words. Feed me. <laughs> Say that again. Feed me or else. <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Love yourself. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Mm, the laughter of my children to fill this house. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? I would soften its edges. I like that one. That's a good one. What's your favorite stress-reducing activity? Mm, walking by the river. As your son said. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? I'm loyal. I'm fun. And I'm generous. Entrepreneur life is? It's a trip. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> <laughs> Mom life is? Uh, it is the most joyful chaos you can imagine. <laughs> that is a great, great description. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could be said for parenthood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> What's one thing you wish you had known when you started your career or your entrepreneurial journey? Mm, I wish I would have known in the beginning what a big part energy plays in it all. Most of the people who work with me, they're not working with me to learn X, Y, or Z. It's because they want to stand closer and be immersed in an energy that is closer to what they want to embody. I love it. What do you do to keep yourself inspired every day and to inspire others? Mm, um, nature is part of every single day. So getting outside, being in the sunshine, being in the water, being in the mountains, whatever it takes to actually interact with the earth. Um, another thing that I do is I do things that I enjoy that are fun and it's not a reward. It's not what I get to do on a Friday or a Saturday. It's not what I get to do at the end of the day. I'm a big believer in dessert first. So I have, I have <laughs> I the fun it. first. <laughs> <laughs> because then I'm just a lot more fun. I'm way more inspired. There you go. You're happy. I'm happy. I mean, every good thing flows from there. And so that's what I do. And I also, I communicate with my angels, my guides, and my ancestors every day. And what do you do to inspire others? Mm -hmm. What I do to inspire others is to... Make a little bit more space in their life. Love Make it. a little bit more space. What is the most entrepreneurial thing about you? I love numbers. I love numbers. I love I love seeing how something can be better, more profitable, scaled. I, I just, I love numbers. What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Mm. Skills. I'm going to use this word skills loosely. Okay. Because I'm not sure that in our society we would consider them skills. Okay. I would say, number one, you have to know who you are. You have to know what you're good at, what you enjoy, and what you're not. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to use your voice. I think good entrepreneurs know how to communicate very well. Mm -hmm. And number three, you have to be in the practice of receiving. Because you can be extremely talented, you can have all the people around you, and if you're not good at receiving money, it's going to show up. Money blocks, yes, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. You won't make any money. But again, that, that also speaks to conditioning. 
how we're raised, all of that stuff comes from previous, right? Absolutely. If you could sit down and have a one hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? It would be with Nina. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Mm, My parents definitely shaped me and made me who I am today and modeled parenting, love, entrepreneurship, good health, all of the above. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You know more than you give yourself credit for, so trust it. Seems a common theme today. (laughs) 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 Lastly, Adriana, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? When you cannot find your way and you feel lost and alone, walk outside and turn your face to the sun. Feel the air embrace you. And know you are supported and you are perfect as you are. Beautiful. Beautifully said. I love it. Adriana, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here. This has been an incredibly eye-opening. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. You are a true inspiration. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and for taking the time to be here and share a bit about your personal story and journey here with the Empowerography community. And thank you for being a member. I'm honored to have you as a member of the community and I welcome you in with open arms. It's been such an amazing journey speaking with you and the conversation has flowed in so many different ways. It's been phenomenal. I loved every minute of it. So thank you for taking the time to be here and share today. I am truly honored. Thank you. And thank you for running with this idea and giving women the platform to use their voices. It's my honor. I love what I do. I mean, this is this is something that's needed in the world. And I mean, without women like yourself, this doesn't even exist. So that's why I always say the honor is truly mine because all of you women who are part of the community have agreed to be part of that and agreed to come onto this platform and share your stories with the hopes of helping and reaching and inspiring as many women as we can together as as a community. So I have all of you to thank for this. Thank you so much. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Adriana Monique Alvarez. She is the CEO and founder of AMA Publishing and a best-selling author. Thank you so much, Adriana. Have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.